Welcome back to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag hostess Evil, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. And if you're new here, that's what I call my bedroom. <laughs> Happy Fourth of July for my United States listeners. I want you all to be safe on this firework exploding, sunburning, hot dog and hamburger overeating holiday. <laughs> Pace yourself, drink lots of water, and wear some sunscreen. Speaking of the U.S., lockdown is over and smart people are vaccinated and I have gone back to the gym, so things are getting back to quote-unquote normal. So now I just have to return to performing out in the real world again. But that also means I have to start wearing heels and a corset again. Shit! <laughs> Speaking of smart vaccinated people... How are all my listeners out there in podcast land doing? I know, I know. I still haven't figured out a name for all of you, but these things take time and I'm super picky. I mean, not with what I put in my body or who I put in my body, but you know, important things like podcast listener nicknames. <laughs> I want to remind all my listeners all over the world to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast so more people find us. And of course, don't forget, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your family, total strangers, exes, fuck buddies, even mediocre acquaintances, tell them all to listen to Reflections of Darkness. <laughs> You can find all my info over at evilqueensf.com. I am also now on Slasher, the horror social media site. It's a great site. I mean, it's not as scary as, say, Parlor, <laughs> but what is really? Mm. Well, now that that's all out of the way, what do you say we do a few quick reflections? <laughs> that's right, they're back. <laughs> So tonight's first quick reflection is The Slayer from 1982. So basically, two rich white couples take a plane to a private island that one of the women has been apparently having dreams about since she was a child. So she's clearly crazy and no one listens to her warnings. Then there's a massive storm and hilarity ensues. <laughs> the kills in this movie are good and creative and really well done. The plot is alright, though it could have been more flushed out and had a few more things expanded upon. And spoiler, the twist ending needed work. But overall, it's a fun overrated, <laughs> fun overrated, it's a fun underrated 80s watch. And I give this movie a 7 out of 10. What the hell's wrong with the cat? <laughs> Quick reflection number two is The Bloody Pit of Horror from 1965. This is English-dubbed Italian horror at its 1960s camp best. There's an old castle, a bunch of women in wigs, a hot muscle guy all oiled up in red spandex and a mask. I mean, what more do you want? Oh, and the hot guy is possessed by the 17th century spirit of the Crimson Executioner, played by Mickey Hargitay, and honey, his body is on point. Whew. The plot and the acting and the dubbing is mostly awful, but the visuals more than make up for it. It's a must-watch, and I think it's still on YouTube. This movie gets 8 red spandex bulges out of 10. <laughs> Quick reflection number 3 is Dead Don't Die in Dallas from from 19 from 2019. Now this is a super low budget LGBT plus themed zombie movie set in Bible thumping Texas. So there's apparently this miracle pill that cures and prevents HIV and AIDS that sadly has some side effects and turns everyone into zombies. A small mismatched group of people who didn't take the pills are left. 
to try and get along and survive. It's an okay watch, maybe a little preachy, but my amazing drag sister Willem, who is the main character Bethan, helps save this one from becoming a downer. Most of the acting is meh, except for a few standouts, but overall it's an interesting take on a zombie movie and seems kind of relevant today. I give The Dead Don't Die in Dallas 6.5 out of 10. Bad man wigs. Oh. Quick reflection number four is Day of the Animals from 1977. It's set on a mountain during an extended nature hike with a random selection of people. All of the animals above 5,000 feet are being strangely affected by the depletion of the ozone layer and are going cray cray. I loved this one. I love movies where animals get revenge on humankind for fucking up the planet. There are some great kills, and Leslie Nielsen fights a bear. Spoiler, he loses. <laughs> it's 70s pacing, but it's definitely worth a watch. I give Day of the Animals 9 out of 10 rat face attacks. <laughs> well, I think that's enough quick reflections for tonight, don't you? So let's get to our main feature. As you could tell from the title of the show, tonight's movie is Uncle Sam from 1996. Enjoy. So the movie, Cold Opens on a Helicopter Crash Site in Kuwait, and we learn that the helicopter was shot down by friendly fire. And while the soldiers are looking over the wreckage, one of them looks at the body of a guy in the chopper and ooh girl, he is crispy. But while the soldier is reading the dog tags, we get our first and second kill by the burnt-up Sam Harper. Master Sergeant, Sam Harper. Don't be afraid. It's only friendly fire. Then we get the title sequence and Uncle Sam montage, which, what do you think about Uncle Sam? I've always thought the Uncle Sam figure was creepy anyway, and that outfit girl, ooh, you need a makeover. Anyway, cut to late at night in Twin Rivers, USA. Could you be more vague? <laughs> they don't give a state. I'm guessing to make it seem like it could be a small town anywhere in the U.S., maybe near you. So they zero in on a boy sleeping and having a bad dream. And he knocks off and breaks the signed picture of his uncle that was on his nightstand. Then he immediately gets up and steps on the broken glass, cutting his foot. Okay, first, who has an autographed photo of their uncle? That seems like kind of an odd red flag. Second, you know you just broke that glass. Why are you so stupid and jumping on it? Okay, fine. He was asleep. It's fine. So then he goes and wakes up his mom for something I'm sure he could have taken care of himself just to have a weird conversation with her. Mom? What is it? I got hurt. Come on in. How'd that happen? The picture fell over. The glass broke and I stepped on it. Let me see. Oh, I'll go get some antiseptic and a band-aid. You'll be all right. I had a dream about Uncle Sam. He wasn't dead. We were marching in the 4th of July parade and everyone was cheering him. Honey, you were so young when he went away. You hardly remember him at all. Yes, I do. He was always nice to me. Daddy, you're imagining that. He never paid much attention to any of us. You didn't like him a lot, did you? Of course I did. He was my brother. You don't talk about Daddy much either? That's entirely different. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to go back to bed, please. I think this kid may be a little too into his uncle. 
or vice versa. Mm. Another thing, did the thing at the beginning happen or was that what the boy was dreaming about? I don't know. Then we cut to a cute cop trying to get some while on duty. Do cops go on dates while they're on duty? Maybe only in small towns. Anyway, the woman is shutting him down hard. And that is when he could have come over to my place. You know, I love a man in uniform. But then I would have to live in small town USA. Never mind, not worth it. <laughs> but we find out the reason she shut him down is because there is a possibility that she is still married. Then why are you dating in the first place, whore? I mean, there is a chance that her husband Sam is still alive. But thankfully, Major Creeper was in the dark of her porch waiting for her to get home. Actually, he's not a major. He's a sergeant. Sergeant Twinning, to be precise. And he's played by Bo Hopkins, who you'll know from Tentacles, Sweet Sixteen, Dusk Till Dawn 2, Blood Money, and my personal favorite, A Smoky Mountain Christmas, which stars drag icon Dolly Parton. <laughs> anyway, Major Creeper is there to tell her that her husband is officially dead. Now she can fuck the cop in his cruiser without feeling guilty. All right, God. Cut to a man in his apartment slash hotel room. It's Isaac Hayes, who you'll all know as Shaft, or as the voice from Chef on South Park. And Shaft is having severe survivor remorse from his time in the war. All of you did, but me. God, how come it was me you let come home? I never made anything out of my life. Nothing. Nothing at all. Then we get a little more exposition about Sam and that he wasn't really a good guy, but that's a fact that's been kept from Jody, his nephew, who is apparently obsessed with his uncle and wants to be just like him, only knowing one side of, and not the real facts of, who his uncle really was. Somebody from the army came by the house late last night. They found Sam's body. Oh my God. For a minute, I thought that he was gonna tell me that he was still alive. I thought about that so many times, about, about him coming in the house, walking through the door, and it all starting all over again. Why couldn't they have just sent a telegram? I don't know. They're arranging for the body to be sent back here. I don't know how Phil is going to react to all of this. Don't worry. He knows how you felt about Sam. I thought I'd almost forgotten the way he made me feel. The fear when I knew he was in the house. And this is going to be a 4th of July we'll never forget. So Jody takes all his uncle's medals to school in an ammo box while wearing camouflage pants and brings him up at the most awkward time and awkward way during math class. It's a cringy scene to be sure, and I see a future school shooter in the making. Eek. Mr. Crandall? Yes, Jody. Something happened at our house. A soldier came and told us that my uncle's body got found over there in Kuwait. Sam Harper? Yes. Do you know he was a student in my class? How'd the guy get killed? He was a gunner and a chopper that got shot down. There was a lot of talk. That it might have been us that did it. Um, why would we shoot our own helicopter down? It's called friendly fire. You have to understand, mistakes are made in combat. It's always a tragic situation when things like that happen. My Uncle Sam, he fought in Grenada and down in Panama. He had medals. My Aunt Louise let me have them, if you want to see. Yes, sure. Bring them up here, Jody. Share them with the class. He was a master sergeant in the special assault unit. 
When he got wounded down in Panama, they gave him this. It's a Purple Heart. Were you ever in the army, Mr. Crandall? No, I, I can't say that I ever was. How come? Well, I, I grew up during Vietnam. Many people thought that was an unjust war. Many young people, like myself, protested the war. In fact, some people left the country for a while. Ran away? It was a, a very difficult thing to do, Jody. But you have to understand that those who left the country felt it was a lesser evil than blindly following orders they knew were wrong. My Uncle Sam said you guys were cowards. Cut to the body of Sam and Bean delivered to the house in a sealed metal casket in super slow-mo, which was an odd choice. Then it's draped in a flag as Jody shows up, whining about he wanted to help carry him in. And then he asked to touch it. This kid is getting on my nerves. Go find a hobby. Jesus Christ. Then we get a cool view of going inside the casket, and it's a great effect. Cut to Major Creeper in his hotel room, bragging to someone on the phone. <laughs> yeah, the wife's humping a local deputy. So what? I ain't gonna get a little piece of that action before I leave here. Tell you something else. Sister's not bad either. <laughs> yeah. I must be batting 750 with a breathe. <laughs> eh, well, I volunteered for the job. It's called uh, public relations. <laughs> I'll talk at you later. Cut to Jody, his mom, and a man named Ralph, who is kind of a douche. And the mom is super cold to this guy, whom she is apparently dating. It's unclear. But the three of them are having dinner, and Jody's being a brat and won't eat because he's in mourning. So he wants to go to his room, where he proceeds to play army men? How old is this kid? He looks 12, 13-ish, 14-ish, but he's acting much younger. Maybe he's emotionally stunted. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, honestly, so far the only character I even like is Isaac Hayes. All of the rest of them suck and they could be dead. It doesn't matter. And I don't know if that's by design, the way the script is, or just because some of these actors suck. So then we see Jody sneak down in the middle of the night and it looks like he's going to open the casket, but he just unlocks it and then chickens out and leaves. Pussy. Well, now it's the day of the wake and there's this whole leg blown off scene with Shaft and Jody, and Jody's staring at his, his artificial leg, and Shaft is like, I bet you want to see it. <laughs> so they go out on the porch, where Shaft dispels the rumors that his dick was blown off when he stepped on that mine. Now, if I was there, I'd ask to see that too. <laughs> but honestly, this movie is a lot more pedo-pervy than I was expecting. Then there's the whole thing with Shaft telling him to stay away from the military, and then we get more of Sam's backstory. I don't know if I should be in the Army, Marines, or the Air Force. You get that idea out of your head right now, boy. Things ain't like they used to be when we knew who and what we were fighting for. Hitler and Tojo and, and, and Mussolini. We knew what we had to do and why. The day is all mixed up. Nobody knows the whys and wherefore, sonny. A smart boy like you ought to know enough to keep out of it. Be a doctor. Save some lives. Forget about killing. Somebody's got to be soldiers. You don't want to get sent back in a box. Maybe it's better than dying in bed. Everybody dies anyway. I guess you aren't going to listen to me, are you? 
Did you try to talk Sam out of it? Unfortunately, I feel his head full of tales of glory. How we moved up from the beach and took those Korean bunkers out. How my sergeant died and I was given a battlefield promotion to take over the squad. Maybe I didn't tell him that I was the only one of nine men to survive. And then all of me didn't come back. No, Sam wasn't like you. He was an angry kid. He had to get it out of his system. I remember I took him hunting once, and it scared me. You see, he liked killing. Isn't that what makes a hero? Let me tell you something. There are no heroes. Only crazy men who lose their mind in the middle of a battle. Every sane person's got his head down, trying to stay alive. But one lunatic runs out there, out of control, crazy full of hate, and if by some miracle he doesn't die, pin a ribbon on him, send him home, and tell him never to be crazy again. Cut to, it's midnight, 4th of July. Uh-oh, there are three local street toughs at the cemetery, burning an American flag and spray-painting swastikas on gravestones. And I guess that's the final straw, because we see Sam in his casket, and he opens his eyes. He's alive! Side note, the makeup on Sam in the casket is great. I love the yellow eyes. So he gets out of the casket and starts walking around the house. So is he a zombie? Or is he just a spirit-possessed corpse? Or is Jody subconsciously controlling the body? I don't know. It's very unclear. So then he goes into Jody's room while he's sleeping and gets his medals and starts pinning them to his actual chest under his uniform. Great concept and really well done. Good effect. Cut to pervy guy in an Uncle Sam outfit spying on a girl through the window then you see when he gets caught by her, he's actually on really high stilts looking at her through the second story window. It's actually a pretty funny scene because he tries to run away and it's not easy to run away in stilts or really high heels for that matter. <laughs> so then you see Zombie Sam stalking Stilty Uncle Sam with some shears. Then Stilty Sam falls flat on his back and can't get up because, you know, the stilts. So then Sam stabs the guy in the face, takes his outfit, his mask, and his hat, gives a quick alteration with the shears so it fits him, and now we have zombie Uncle Sam. Uh-oh, now the cemetery boys are going to get it. Well, at least one while he's peeing. He gets spray-painted, dick out, into the grave, and breaks his leg in the fall. Again, really good effect. And he can't get out of the grave, obviously, broken leg. And Uncle Sam starts burying him alive, which is actually a really funny scene, because with the last shovelful, it's right over his little twitching fingers. <laughs> I like that scene. Then another one of the boys comes back to try to find that one, and he gets strung up the flagpole and hung, which, you know, is kind of a fitting punishment for him. And then, obviously, the third boy gets away. For now. All right, so it's the day of the parade, and the teacher gets George Washington's axe to the forehead because, you know, why not? Then we cut to the boy who got hurt by fireworks last year and his crazy mom. This whole town is full of crazy, annoying people. And why are we just now introducing the blind boy in the wheelchair that was hurt last year by fireworks like two-thirds of the way through the movie? I don't know. So we've got blind boy in his wheelchair, crazy overbearing mother, and his kind of hot father. Cut to the third boy from last night and he is going to sing the national anthem, but he does not do a very good job. In fact, it brings to mind Roseanne Barr's singing of the national anthem, if anybody remembers that. Yeah, not good. And I'm sure Uncle Sam didn't enjoy it very much either. <laughs> 
So then we get another pervy, weird scene where Uncle Sam is rubbing the neck of the blind boy and talking to him. Who is it? Who are you? I'm here to do what you want me to. What do you mean? I'll make them all feel your pain. What is your name? Even in darkness, you can see me better than those with eyes. You know me. Then the weird altercation between Uncle Sam and Shaft. They just kind of bump into each other and look into each other's eyes and they have a moment. Cut to a girl who's doing the smoked ribs for the 4th of July event. And we see that she's just hacking the ribs apart with a giant meat cleaver. Foreshadowing. So Rib Girl goes off to smoke a joint between smoking ribs. And of course, cute sheriff catches her and makes her give him all her joints. Because obviously he's going to smoke them later in his car with that girl maybe. <laughs> So Rib Girl goes back to her smoker and, uh-oh, Cleaver is missing. Called it. Uh, cut to they're having a potato sack race, which, pointless. And, of course, the boy who is cheating is the same boy who disrespected the national anthem, who is the same boy who was in the cemetery last night. And somehow he gets separated from the rest of the people. And Uncle Sam chops his head off with a cleaver. Very clean, single cut. Uncle Sam must be very strong. <laughs> he deserved it anyways. He was a shit boy. Then you see Uncle Sam steal the BB gun from the shooting gallery game. And he shoots Ralph. He's the guy that Jody's mom was dating. And he's playing Abe Lincoln. So he shoots him in the head, assassinating Lincoln again. Too soon? <laughs> Good kill. Then we get even more backstory about Sam and Jody's mother, his sister, and Jody's aunt, Sam's wife. And how Sam was, you know, an abuser to them and that they were afraid of him. And that's why they're so cold to men. So I guess there was a reason. Cut back to Rib Girl. She opens the smoker and boom, there's the head from Cemetery Boy. <laughs> Who doesn't like some smoked head? <laughs> Again, another great kill. So for this whole time, there's been this corrupt congressman in the movie that I just haven't talked about. And he's there to give a 4th of July uh, speech. And when it's time for him to give his speech, they can't find him. So they're like, well, let's just go on with the fireworks. And as the fireworks are starting, you see that the congressman is actually tied up where the fireworks are going off. And Hot Cop tries to get up there to free him. But before he can, the whole thing explodes and Hot Cop is thrown back and speared on the American flag. It's a great kill. Actually, they're both great kills. Oh, this thing is going off. Then we get the scene where Blind Boy talks about how Uncle Sam touched him. Again, pervy. We don't have to run. He won't hurt us. Who? He talked to me. He touched me. You mean the tall guy in the Uncle Sam costume? He knows I'm your friend. He knows me? Did he tell you who he is? Oh, he didn't need to. He's your uncle, Sam Harper. My Uncle Sam? But he's dead. I never said he wasn't. So Blind Boy and Jody tell Shaft about Uncle Sam, and Shaft says he knew he was a dead man. He could just sense it. I mean, it could have also been the yellow eyes you were looking into, but whatever. So then they check the casket, and they get a surprise. No, it's not empty. But guess who's inside? That's right, Major Creeper, dead. I wonder what happened to him. So the kids and Shaft go to quote-unquote kill Uncle Sam, 
and they go to the wife's house, who is crazy, and attacks Shaft with a knife till they explain who they are and why they're there. So Shaft is going to go search the house to make sure everything's safe. And he finds Sam's Uncle Sam's mask. And then Uncle Sam grabs Shaft and throws him through the wall. And his wife shoots him, but he's dead, so... Hmm. My poor grieving wife. Do you still love me? Then Shaft goes to get the cannon from the 4th of July event, and he gets back, he sets up the cannon, and then Jody leads Sam out to the porch, pretending, you know, that he's on his side and that he's going to make everything better. I don't know. Whatever. So then Shaft fires the cannon, and the entire porch explodes, oddly enough, but Sam is still alive, because, you know, he's dead, but he's, he's, yeah, he's alive. But... He's also on fire now. So Shaft lights the cannon again, and the fuse burns forever. But the second shot shoots Sam into the house, and then the whole house explodes. Now, was there some sort of gas leak or something that was happening that we didn't know about? Like, why the fuck the house just exploded? I don't know. It was a cool scene, but the whole thing was just kind of random. But whatever. Cut to the next day, and we see Jody burning all of his army toys and pictures of his uncle. And then he turns around in slow motion and starts smiling all creepy. And then the movie ends in a smash. What the hell was he smiling at? Was he actually Uncle Sam inside of Jody again? (laughs) Was it all a dream? Was Uncle Sam standing back there and he was looking at him? I don't know. They don't explain it. They just end the damn movie. Well, that was Uncle Sam from 1996. This movie, hmm. Well, it had some good parts, but on the whole, not great. It had some good kills, but the actors were meh. For the most part, most of the characters you wanted to die anyway. Sam's nephew was whiny and annoying. I liked the special effects, and the Uncle Sam costume was super creeps, so that was good. The addition of the blind kid two-thirds of the way through the movie was weird, and the mother was a pain. I still don't get the weird pedo undercurrent in the movie. Hopefully that was unintended. Then there's the whole thing with Uncle Sam. Was he always alive, or was it a dream at the beginning, but then he came to life later because of everybody disrespecting the 4th of July? Was it Jody that made him come back to life when he bled on his picture or when he was next to the casket talking to him? I didn't understand the actual point at which Uncle Sam came back to life or how he came back. It was a little unclear. So did I like the movie? Yes. Would I watch the movie again? Maybe. But I give Uncle Sam from 1996 six out of ten smoked heads. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe. Check out all my social medias. You can find all that stuff over at evilqueensf.com. And also follow me on Slasher now. And yeah, I guess that's it. As always, keep watching scary movies.
are the reason I'm here. I wanted to be like you. You have to be dead first. Are you volunteering? Hey listeners, the following is just a little behind-the-scenes bonus for you. I'm having some sort of psychotic break. <laughs> Enjoy. This is English-dubbed Italian horror at its 1960s camp best. There's an old castle, a bunch of women in wigs, <laughs> a hot muscle guy. Let's <laughs> start over. I've got the giggles. <laughs> Quick reflection number two is The Bloody Pit of Horror from 1965. This is English-dubbed Italian horror at its 1960s camp best. There's an old castle. <laughs> I don't know why you laugh. There's an old castle. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Okay. <sighs> Pull yourself together, evil. Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's an old castle, a bunch of women. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Okay, let's try this again. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 